0: Coming to you from top secret field offices worldwide, brave men and women fight a battle for truth, justice, and good clean data. These agents of change make up the Bureau of Records, Objects, and Standards. They are the Data Bros.
1: Everybody. Welcome to Data Bros, episode two, the Bureau of Records, Objects, and Standards. This is a comic book industry podcast about comic book data, the comic book industry, and running a retail shop. That's right. This is your weekly 30 minute appointment with us to hang out and talk shop. I am always M. Jeff Figley, and I am joined by my wonderful co hosts, Brian Garside. Hey, that's me. And Django Boren. Me, I'm Django. Hey, boys, nice to see you both. Could see you, Jeff.
2: I wish we could get together more than once a week, guys. How you yeah. guys been in the last
1: week? Everything, everything good? Oh my God, the customer appreciation sale has fallen apart. <laughs> the store's on fire. <laughs> the store's on fire. I'm just they're, kidding. They're Django, don't joke so about that. so appreciated. And the last <laughs> yeah. two weeks, two different businesses in downtown have, or in Bellingham have burnt down. Oh, you're not right. The store that, is flooding.
3: Not <laughs> only that, Django and I were were on a call one night, just chatting, and and he's like, "Oh, I think I have to go to the store." <laughs> oh <laughs> oh weird things are happening on this camera i got oh, i should go to the store i'm like go to the store dude
2: and then he had to run back to the store
1: yeah. was there uh, anything good down there Django?
2: uh just a guy who was very clearly going through our back issues and pulling out unrelated books that were valuable to steal and then his girlfriend came in and told him his pokemon cards were getting rained on and he had to leave in a hurry huh okay uh, this is super super sketchy and very clear what his intentions were
1: yeah <laughs> it's, it's, um, probably fine. it's probably fine i'm pretty excited nice. about episode number two here fellas um so this is uh, episode two of this fair pro- podcast project in which django has officially titled the data and toward affairs with the bureau Uh, I like that. Um, But (laughs) as it's January right now, it is the perfect opportunity for us to be looking at our most subscribed series like we did last week, but particularly excited to talk about the top five most sold single issues in our store and through managed comics, which Brian is overseeing, um, which is pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Shall I kick this thing off?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so for us, I'm going to talk about the things that were received versus sold. Cause we don't have sell through data yet. Um, that is something we're going to be adding kind of second half of the year, but uh, yeah, I can definitely say these are the things that were checked in uh, versus even I could say like, these are the things that were most subscribed to, but yeah, I, I sure. can't give you sold numbers, but I think this will still give you a pretty good picture. And uh, publishers will be interested in this information.
2: And I think that our numbers are going to be surprising to some people. I think our top selling book is not what you think our top selling book is. I
3: I think I know what your top selling book is. And it is not at all what anybody I've ever talked to would have as their top selling book.
1: And that top selling book, which I'm very excited for the conversation that will surround it, perhaps after we get through our lists. Hey, wait, wait, wait.
3: Um, yeah. I have a quick question to ask. Do we Please. want to do this in zipper order? Meaning that you'll do number one, then I'll do my number one and my number two, and then you do your number two and number three, and then I Ooh, do let's my start two at three the one. bottom and go up. What do you think? Oh, five up. I love it. I love it. Let's okay. do it. Yep. So you okay. go you, you go your five, and then I'll jump in my
1: five. Oh, number five. Okay, cool. Well, that is easy and boring because number two through six are all the same series for us, as well as number eight um but that spot is confidently held by saga our highest subscribed comic comic book in the shop uh we can reliably sell 65 to 71 copies of a saga comic that's 61 we sold 69 issues of nice interestingly 66 we only sold 55 issues of 10 less than the issue before it and interestingly enough uh 66 also was very low but then oh, oh you know what those ones are just the those most recent new. ones yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah uh so, so saga brian actually if you want to do five four three and two that's probably good <laughs> I, I, I thought we were going to do 10 up so uh
3: do, well do, so do, so what i did with mine is i kind of stripped out duplicates so like for example oh, okay. Batman's gonna be in there a bunch of times. Cool. So I pulled out all the Batman's other than the first time and I pulled out all the Spider-Man's Amazing okay. Spider-Man's. I'm gonna I'm, I'm
1: gonna know. do what Brian did. Um and in that case, uh tied for our tenth slash fifth spot is Batman 134. But more interesting, I think, than that is Batman Gargoyle of Gotham number two with the same number of claimed issues. So total sales plus the ones that are currently held aside for people in their polls. Wow. And Batman 134. So that spot locked up by Batman.
3: Interesting.
1: Uh
3: our number 5 is Transformers number 1.
1: Heck yeah. I'm surprised that's not on our list
3: and it is 25% less than our number 1. So it's it's pretty tight there at the top. We're talking like, you know, a 25% dis- difference. And again, there's a bunch of multiple issues of series in between these. So it's actually our number eight, but it's our, uh, number five. If we go unique,
2: Yeah, it's all, it's all a little mushy,
3: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, after that for us is Batman. So yeah, Batman and saga locking that up. But the next interesting one is Batman gargoyle of Gotham. Number one, 57 copies sold in our store
3: interesting batman gargoyle of gotham comes in around number 10 for us but our number four is amazing spider-man number 35 with 20.8 oh there's a
1: very interesting how well gargoyle of gotham has done in my mind
3: there's a there's a really interesting um thing that i noted too is that our 10 our number 10 is actually the second printing of Spider-Man number seven, the first appearance of Spider-Boy. Oh, that which is so interesting. It, <laughs> so, it sold significantly better than Spider-Man number 7
1: mm-hmm. huh. Huh. Which
3: I, I'd like to be, I'd be interested in finding out if that was like something that Marvel saw or is it, because our stores have a, a very strong online presence where they selling just a lot of this kind of that way. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, number to see what, what's your number. Number three.
1: Yeah. Let's say three and two are saga. Cause they actually have the two through six spot. Um, okay. Just the current volume of saga. Like I said, anywhere from 65 to 71 uh, for the ones that have been out for over a month.
3: Our number three with 17.98% of what our number one will come out to is Batman 137 cover a George Jimenez Batman Catwoman, the Gotham war part one. Interesting.
1: (laughs) Um, Two still being saga for us, but I thought it was interesting to mention that the highest selling issue of saga for us is 90% of what our highest selling issue was. Which is insane. Saga was only 90% of this highest selling book. What was your number two? Uh,
3: Our number two is world tree. Number one. With 2.3% less than our number one. Our number one shouldn't be too surprising, but I'll be interested in hearing your number Interesting. Our number, number one, one yeah.
1: from so Vault really. Comics, the free-to-order and returnable Unnatural Order number one, cover eight.
2: 90 copies.
1: 90 copies of that.
3: That's so interesting, and I, I feel like I need to, dig into why there isn't more of that on our, cause you were allowed to order like up to 150 of those for free or something. We were right? asked you order as many to as order you want. 200 at yeah. least. So that seems like a big miss. And I'm interested in digging in a little bit more on why that didn't get processed by our system. So I'm going well, to. Well, so it,
2: it's, it was ordered in bundles of 25. Mm. Right? So you'd have to find that number and multiply it. But that still doesn't tell you how many of those comics got in people's hands. It's that this is we've we've done extremely well with that issue. But it is messy, messy, messy to grok
1: that data for that particular comic. Django, I think it bears mentioning what we did to sell that much of that comic.
2: Yeah, let's let's find out what Brian's number one was. Oh, sorry, sorry. Then let's talk about that.
3: Yeah, because I think what you guys did is, if I can almost swear, freaking genius. um, (laughs) But our number one. Was Void Rivals number one. And I think this one speaks really well to exactly what you're experiencing with um Unnatural Order. There was such great publisher uh like support for this. And it's the only time I can think of where retailers didn't spoil the surprise. Mm-hmm. And and there was an opportunity to really spoil, you know, the Transformers tie-in of Void Rivals. And it's also a Hasbro property, which I didn't know. I thought it was like a kirkman kind of original but it's a void rival rivals is going to be a hasbro property that that continues because um,
2: because kirkman wrote it into the hasbro universe right yeah, like it was yeah. it wasn't pre-existing
3: no 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 it's new yeah. but i think i think like hasbro owns the ip for void rivals okay. and I, I don't know exactly how that that
1: is working but it is um, worth mentioning that across the various covers for transformers number 1 our sales are closer to 65 which would put it at a top five comic for us across like seven covers. Right. Additional printings.
3: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And next time we do this, I would really like to be able to merge covers together. So this has given me some really good ideas of how to do this kind of information going forward. But yeah, Yeah. this is, I mean, this was fun last night. uh, I had Tross pull up some queries for me in order to do this. And it was not super easy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I do want to, get this kind of information out there. Cause I think it's really interesting for publishers. And I know like Heidi from the beat has asked me for this. Milton from um, ICV two has asked me for this. Mm-hmm. So if we can get this out there, I think yeah. it'd be really good.
2: So what we did with unnatural order was inspired yeah, by another retailer. So, so the, the setup is that vault comics offered these books at, uh, zero cost to retailers, and asked retailers to order in bundles of 25. They said, "Please order eight bundles of 25." That's way more than we would order of most things. Yeah. Um, but we we went ahead and did it. And a couple of days before it came out, we still hadn't really decided how we were going to sell it. Uh, another aspect of the like behind the scenes thing is that they were making number two fully returnable, and okay. focing it. After the comic had been out for a week. So they were like setting this comic up to, to they were doing everything that retailers ask for often. Yeah. Um, The only kind of downside was that it was publicized that we were getting the first issue for free. Okay. And so Jeff and I sat down a day or so before release and discussed different options that retailers had been talking about on Facebook forums. And um, what we opted to do, I think, I feel like this might have been what Coliseum did as
1: well. I
2: can't, I yeah, can't remember we, who it was that
1: we respect the way the Coliseum does a lot of stuff. So we, yeah. we take their business models with an extra, I guess the opposite of an extra grain of salt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, we pay attention to what they're doing and, and uh, it's inspiring at the very least. But um, mm-hmm. so what we did is we, we put a copy of this in every single file that had a comic pulled that week. okay. And then we offered it for free. No, I'm sorry. We offered number two free if you buy number one. Okay. And so we did that to for everybody who had it in their file. We did it for anybody who wanted to buy it off the shelf. It was just a thing that everybody in the store talked about and made sure it was clear to everybody. Um, and we sold 90 copies of number one with the promise of a free number two coming soon.
3: So that's 90 copies at like it was, I think it was a five dollar so book, right? Four four ninety nine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 90 copies at five bucks yeah. with the promise that they're gonna get number two for free. Yeah.
2: That's
3: so, two comics for two f- for that's a comic for
2: 250. It's a screaming deal, and it's a four-issue yeah. series. So, yeah, you know, the hope that. is that they like one and two. Number one was a, sure. a solid read. The cliffhanger was good, like it was an easy thing to describe to people and pitch to people. It it was uh, it's like a Barbarian setting, which doesn't do anything for me normally, but right. the cliffhanger on the last page, I was like, oh no, this is, this is pretty cool. cool. Um, so far and away our bestseller in the store, um, brand new series, and we're trying it again with their new series, Beyond Real. That's the thing
1: that Um, I'm interested to talk about. And I have some numbers for how that one has done. So what I think is interesting to talk about it with unnatural order is kind of going back to that episode one that we talked about with the idea of the personal nature or the goodwill that people have for their hub. So for us, it was presented like, hey, here's a really cool opportunity that was presented to us and we want to pass it along to you guys. To me a huge number of those sales were goodwill purchases from our customers towards us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I want to support you guys do that. Like we see that a tremendous amount. It's one of the benefits of a comic shop. But what I think is that just like that goodwill thing, which informed how much Django and I ordered of that copy, which was 200. Um, I think there's gotta be diminishing returns on something like that. Yeah. Sure. And so if you look at beyond real number one, which was, sold to us in the same way and we presented to our customers with the same opportunity. You get number two with the same flyer and everything. We have sold 43 copies of beyond real number one with 27 in polls, which is roughly 70 claimed copies still Mm -hmm. very high. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very interested to see, What this does for other series in the future, because Mm -hmm. if this opportunity is presented to us, I do not think that our customers will think it is as unique and interesting six months Mm -hmm. from now when it's the sixth book that's doing this. Right. Um, And also that desire to help us out, I think will be diminished. So I I think it's a really cool, smart thing to do. I'm really proud of what we did with it and for the sales that we're able to gain from it. Still, we have not seen any issue two sale data. We haven't gotten it in yet. That's been a little dangerous, the delay between one and two. But issue three is
2: going to be like the subscription issue.
1: Yeah. And... We used to do a thing like Coliseum of Comics had started this thing called Comic Omnivore before the pandemic, which was a little bit like images, uh, image returnability, image first thing. Mm-hmm. You order a ton of first issues that they would pick. They would be returnable. We would do that. Oh, we cool. didn't get the returnability stuff met a lot of the time. We didn't get first issues sometimes. That All that to say, that program never was anything other than a money loss for us.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: so this one is going to be tricky like we have these huge sales for number two because it's free based on number one but who's gonna pay for it And how much money are we going to lose trying to be optimistic about the number that we can sell that don't actually sell i i beyond real i i think in a perfect world would have come out a little bit after the second issue of unnatural order so we would have a little yeah. bit more information on this business model while ordering a second series all that to say uh big ups to you vault
2: and and like if you compare it to our normal vault numbers for a new launch from them <laughs> like this is more than 10 times oh yeah Easily. Number one, yeah yeah for for most of their their series so yeah you know it it some stores had r- decent success with this i i think ours blew our expectations out of the water and um i i appreciate the opportunity to do something a little bit weird yeah, yep. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, Django, we've always bitten when they people have done that type of thing for us, whether it's Robert Kirkman with his surprise mm-hmm. series, like any, I guess Kirkman's to blame for a lot of it, not blame, no, but I was like just thinking Django that. and that. I <laughs> Django and I love seeing people trying new things in the industry. So we can't speak mm-hmm. for every comic shop, but we will always play ball. Um, if you guys are trying something new with us and you're making it Seem like we have a real opportunity to make money.
0: Yeah. Hey, some important messages coming up. Stick around.
4: Hi there. It's Carrie Murphy, chair of the board of directors of Murphy's Apple Juice, and I'm here to update you on some of the exciting activities at Murphy's. The board of directors of Murphy's Apple Juice LLC is currently moving in a different direction than of CEO and founder, my grandpa, Bob Murphy. No, no, no. No, that's enough of that. We don't need any ukuleles for this announcement. To this end, we're ceasing many of his initiatives, including the unique shape bottles that he has been insisting Murphy's apple juice use. And instead, we will be moving to an industry standard Tetra Pak system, while also innovating by creating our packs out of a unique patented system, which uses apple cores and peels in an industry first 100% fruit-based, compostable package. The board is proud to continue our relationship with the Data Bros, and we'll be furnishing you with updated ads in the coming weeks, which will include our new slogan, Murphy's Apple Juice. It's not the shape, it's the taste. And the taste is pretty dang good.
0: Okay, let's get you back to the show now.
3: That, That kind of brings us to discoverability, which I believe is this week's like we've got that theme song now right like industry can you play the theme industry. jeff jeff just hit yeah i got okay.
1: the butt the button right did i tell you guys about this week like just no like because we, we
3: also did. didn't hear like we didn't hear the theme for data broification which i think that was the big crescendo one right and right industry right yammer, isn't it like yammer? yeah
1: like right right i'm still gathering all the audio samples oh okay um the music is done i just need a bunch of yammer audio samples to get it's in
3: just there. it's it's like it's been a week right like we expected right.
1: you know, yeah but, like week. this is a right.
2: data podcast not a music yeah. podcast no that's like... fair that's fair Ooh, so I do a a week. industry i do a Yammer. music, I do a music podcast
1: also oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, looking forward to hearing got, that one yeah there's yeah. probably yeah. i've got the raw on, audio on that for it right? good stings on every segment for that one I um
1: imagine. let's have industry, a yammer. industry yammer let's get yammer. the yams out everybody i'm feeling yammer. a little bit more like a sweet Yammy. potato this week but uh last week we teased the idea of loyalty hiding pervasive problems within comic shops speaking to the goodwill between customers and comic shops but how much that can allow uh stores to maybe live off the fat of the land more than Ooh. working for that buck um <laughs> so i'm really excited to hear some of the thoughts that y'all have about that, that were teased last week.
3: Yeah. What, what I think is kind of interesting about discoverability personally is that like, I am fairly mired in the data, but at some point that data has lost its like relevance and meaning to me. And it no longer (laughs) becomes like, these are comics. It's this is data that I'm consuming to try and fix it. And so there's so many times where something is right in front of my face. And the first time I hear about it is when I listen to your podcast. <laughs> and, like I've known about this for ages, right? So a good example of that was outsiders. And I think I've talked about this before. Um, I didn't even find out about outsiders until I walked into the store and I saw a copy sitting on the shelf. So I grabbed it and I get home and it was a Saturday too. I remember getting home and I read it, and I was like, "Oh, this is exactly my Like Planet Terry is literally one of my top 10 favorite comics of all time." So I read it, and I instantly go on to Manage Comics, which is my online comic subscription service, that my local store actually uses, and I go to subscribe, right? And the next issue I can get is number three. This is Saturday of a book that came out on Wednesday, <laughs> and the next issue I can get is number three. And then I started looking into it and like, this is super pervasive with DC right now, especially in December. There were tons of books like that. And so like, okay, I found the first issue, but now I may never get the second issue. And if I don't get the second issue as a comics nerd, what is the point of getting a third issue (laughs) or something? I can't get the second issue, right? Like you don't collect
1: something to just have some of it. I've heard that before. Yeah. What's the (laughs) point? So yeah, Kirby say that my friend Django born did it's one of my favorite no, Django quotes This smart guy that, yeah that's
3: my that's my experience with discoverability as like a customer i'm curious how do you guys deal with that as retailers who are facing that same thing and issue number two was not returnable so you'd be taking mm-hmm. a, a a flyer on two issues instead of just one which yeah. i imagine and... is pretty scary
2: and then you gotta take a flyer on the third issue too, because a lot of people won't subscribe until the third one. That's it's something we vacillated on a lot. Like yeah. every every time I'm like, Man, it'd be nice to have more number ones. Jeff's like, You just said it would be nice to have less number ones. Um, and he does most of the ordering, so I I can't really tell you exactly what goes on in that uh mop covered head of his.
1: Hey, yeah, it's a really interesting thing that I don't think has like a one-to-one answer right like i think every comic mm-hmm. shop does it differently and i've spent years dialing in how we approach that and even still it's always changing And any time like we just did store inventory and anytime we do that and i have to look at what hasn't sold it's like staring doom in the face <laughs> um because it's an incredibly difficult industry to make money in, you know, because of what you're describing, you want people to shop in your store because of the availability of the product, but you don't want to go broke trying to make sure there is a lot of availability there. So, you know, ours has been informed by me spending a decade watching people buy things and tracking their interest trends. And, yeah. and so our, our, logic is deeply tied into our customer base. Uh, but every store is I would assume is similar and therefore different. So.
3: Well, and, and I think what a lot of customers don't realize is that for every single issue that sits on the shelf, you have to sell two issues. Yeah. Yep. To, to kind of break even with that issue. What, what you mentioned about number three um, being the first issue that people will subscribe to is really interesting because our subscription numbers for Transformers number three are 20% higher than our subscription numbers for Transformers number two. Mm-hmm. And that I, I had kind of originally attributed that to an increase in stores, but we only added like five stores that month. So there's no way a 20% increases from five stores.
2: So that's so people that's subscribing starting after they've read number two. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or, or after number two has been ordered, which is yeah. exactly what that, that cycle was. Yeah, uh, exactly. It could have even but yeah, been it's, after number one. Yeah. It's, it's a super interesting thing and it's, you know, it's, it's difficult because there are so many comics that yep. come out every month and there is a limited amount of shelf space and a limited amount of time to, process them when they come off the new shelf
1: um and it's it's a real danger i mean brian pointing out that specific point is one of the dangers right that Mm -hmm. that series is an outlier generally readership goes down as issues come out so for us we talked uh earlier we sold around 65 copies of issue number one of transformers we, have, we still have plenty of shelf copies of number two that we ordered 40 copies of. So it's gone mm-hmm. down now. So while the subscription wow. rate is higher than it was at number one, the actual copies being sold is lower. Um, we used to, I used to do a lot of ordering, bearing in mind the type of reader that would come in and maybe get turned on to a Transformers comic when three issues are out and therefore want to buy one through three. Our business model now is a lot less concerned about that type of consumer. Not that we don't want to serve them well, but um, I think that we've gotten more confident with the idea that the people that we sell our weekly issues to are generally people who are in pretty much every week. So Mm -hmm. I don't need to worry as much about having a Transformers number two on the shelf by the time issue number four has come out. I think that's a general ch- change towards us has been moving towards trying to sell out of things rather than having things around for lapsed readers to be able to catch up on, which yeah, is, you know, it's just your that your Transformers antidote it is a really interesting one, but is one of the ones that like, I hold on to those smaller stories a lot and it can negatively inform how much money I can make on comics.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, and especially when trades come out pretty regularly to kind of catch up on, on things like, I, I think void rivals number six came out and then there's going to be a break in it until they collect it. And then they're going back to number seven. If I, if I remember, right. That sounds Um, like the image model. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, I don't know, like, I know that DC does a lot of those, um, things where they'll collect the first three issues or something yeah and and throw that together and i think they did that with like justice society recently
1: yeah and marvel tales frequently yeah. does that um yeah. yeah it's a it's it's an interesting spot and we could talk about it forever because it's so much of my life but yeah like Django and i you know he'll he'll bring it up and then he'll watch my head kind of explode for like eight seconds but i'm always totally willing to like be flexible but like i think our kind of last conversation was hey i'd really like if we had as many copies of number three for Marvel series as we do of number one. And like, there's been yeah. a positive aspect of that. Also, I feel pretty comfortable being able to cut things down by three based on sales for one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. an inch. Inter- it's an,
3: so, so I've got an interesting question for you guys. Um, I I listened to the challengers uh, podcast. I think we're, we're both uh, patrons there. Django. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the president of, the Brian Garza fan club. I've I've heard that a few times. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Dal gets really frustrated with is that that people don't subscribe to stuff well before and that they send out emails and stuff like that. And those emails go on unread. And I totally get that. Like mm-hmm. I probably get <laughs> 250 emails a week from comic publishers because I get all of the publisher emails, right? For, for through managed yeah. comics, and I don't pay attention to and like I should know that outsiders number one came out. I should know it, but I don't. So as a retailer, what can you do to help me not be stupid? Right. Like, like I, I, I pretty much live on all the comic sites and yeah, I still manage to avoid this. Like what, what have I done wrong? In I mean, life? what
2: we, what we do is, help you be a better um, customer. What we do is we have a setting in comic shop assistant where we just ask you the customer, do you want us to automatically subscribe you to things? And, um, when, when we are going through the catalog every month or every week, Jeff will go through and he'll, he'll see, Oh, here's a Batman comic. Let's move everybody who gets normal Batman over to this Batman cargoyle with of Gotham or whatever. And
3: how how dangerous is that with something like Batman, like in in managed comics, Batman's the number one most subscribed to series? It's relatively it's
1: relatively dangerous. Um, Well, dangerous isn't necessarily the right word. You need to be relatively informed when you do it. So Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, I think we moved like the main Batman subscribers over to it in general. And it's not
2: everybody.
3: I was just going to say, and this is only people who've opted in to. I want other Batman-related stuff.
1: But, you know, like math, you want to find lowest common denominators rather than outliers. So for a new Batman book that is dealing with outsiders, I would be more likely to auto-sub people who got James Tinian's Detective Run because that (laughs) dealt largely with ancillary characters. Um, And I would look at you know, I, I don't use the largest subscribed series as a basis for auto subs very often. Um, unless it screams, obviously you should, but like for Batman off world, I think I did like Batman fortress. Cause it was a Batman space alien type story. And then I also did Jason again, Jason Aaron's Avengers run had a relatively low sub count by the end. So I moved those people over. Um, so well, that's it's always a little, you, you use what, you know, about the series and your subscribers to do it and but you can totally take a bath on it you know we yeah. have there's been auto sub books that people really don't want so um so, so yeah, some, yeah, of, some of the way.
2: beast world stuff is, is seeing a lot of kickbacks oh, right now yeah yeah some of the, the like the spinoffs and one shots and you know some of them are a lot more interesting than others too so. gonna, Night Terrors write that, write that was really interesting
1: because it sort of changed the way that we auto sub people to DC events. And -hmm. we basically created a paradigm with night terrors that if you weren't auto subbed and didn't ask for it, we're comfortable selling out of that and having you have ad asked for it. So in terms of making better customers, obviously the best thing you can do to help a comic shop is pre-order your books. You can find that information by looking at solicitations on websites like bleeding cool, um, There's many, many others. But a a month before a thing comes out, you should easily be able to find solicitations. We put them up on our Comics Place website. That way you can pre-order those books. But even having a vague awareness of general things. So I guess the best thing you can do is like comics enough to... Independently seek out comic information to inform how you want to be communicating with your comic shop. Brian, you're saying you already do that, so it is it is hard to know. Um, I, th- I think I part do, of it is I'd... on
2: yeah. part of it's on the the shops too. You yeah. know, like if if you want to sell more comics, you have this tool. You've got this rabid fan base, and if you put in the, the work to know who they are, track what they're interested in, you can you can put stuff in front of them that they absolutely want that they might have missed, and yeah. go they'll give you canadian money for it if you live in canada.
3: Yeah, what's funny is I'm subscribed to Void Rivals, Transformers and Cobra Commander and nobody suggested Duke to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's like a lot, uh, missed opportunity for them. It's yeah. it's all it's not a guaranteed sale, but like when I think correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but often you will go you'll you'll do auto subs for an annual and then not really order any for the shelf and we'll populate the shelf with yeah. things, with people kicking them back.
1: Yep, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, a, and annuals too. Yeah, and I feel pretty comfortable with the mental math I do, decreasing quantities as issues go out. Um, but, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, what I was going to say is, So I feel kind of comfortable with my paradigm there, but what I don't feel comfortable with, and I think that I'm proud that we haven't gotten comfortable is feeling like we have never and probably never will reach the end goal of the level of communication we have with our customers before the time of order. So Django and I have talked about, okay, like, you know, we want to, when we auto-sub people, get emails automated out to tell people that they were auto-sub for something and why, but also let people know if they weren't auto-sub for something, that this is why. Um, Right. So I think that that is a never ending avenue for comic shops to always be trying to refine that level of communication. I -hmm. think I'll always ask customers to do more, but it has to be on the comic shop to make that avenue of finding the information clear and then uh, the avenue for them to then communicate to the comic store owner we went a little bit long in our middle section yeah. here guys tight,
2: tight 30 boys tight I mean, 30 I, yeah. I feel like that yeah. was also shop talk in there right like I, I think can, we can you take those two theme songs like the jingly jangly ice cream one and the crescendo yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and maybe do a remix together for so that part of the holdup
1: is that i am doing remix hybrids of all the themes okay. so that when we do a thing like this right we can have yeah, that you know makes sense. combined yeah. themes
2: this us. is fractal music it seems right up your alley yeah, yeah i don't know if
1: you guys yeah. have ever heard tool but they're a yeah. cool band why
3: does every song have to be 15 minutes long <laughs> that's a good why? question brian you're um, listening to rush
1: king crimson
2: <laughs> i bet we can answer that question next episode
3: yeah why next episode. every tool song has to be 15 minutes next time on <laughs> data bros I'm pretty excited
1: for next episode, you guys. We're going to be talking a little bit about the top five selling trades and hardcovers in our stores and systems. Uh, We're also going to be talking about discoverability with returnability and FOC dates and a little shop talk uh, for some stores changes that we've made that I'm excited to share with you guys and get some feedback on. As always, you can get a hold of us. Uh, Brian, you want to let them know how they can get a hold of this specific podcast?
3: Yeah, they can send an email to podcast at databrosinc.com. That's podcast at databrosinc.com.
2: Please send us emails. We want to make this a loose 30 eventually.
3: Yeah, like it's been a week and we've got zero emails since last They're waiting week, for
1: the, so. the theme music. Probably, yeah. I, and I, when we're I, over 30, Brian. Week, that just we'll falls on you to get in there and find the least interesting stuff to cut out to make oh, us I a do that.
2: It's right. me. It's me. Yeah. It's fine. It's me. Well, thanks a so uh, you, you can catch me. You can
3: catch me yeah. at Man- at Manage Comics on all the socials. I'm there on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Happy to uh, look for you. And you can listen to our podcast, Meanwhile at Managed Comics. Uh, Every Thursday, I believe, it goes out. And Jeff and Django, you guys got a podcast.
2: Yeah, we have uh, Comics Place Presents. You can find that on most of your podcast feeds. Um, You can also find me on most social media. Just look for Django Boren. And uh, Comic Shop Assistant is our point of sale system that is uh, taking the world by storm.
0: Uh, uh, Storm. And I'm
1: Jeff, like an ethereal space kitten, hard to track down. But you can always send me an email at jeff at the com. Also, my Venmo is at Jeff <laughs> Figley, F I G L E Y. We can a Patreon on this. Thing? I guess
2: it's the, the important social media. <laughs> uh, right, our, comic store, our comic store that me and Jeff run. Yes. Right? The Comics Place in Bellingham, fin- Washington. 15 minute outro, right? comicsplace.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: All right. So Good to. All. Um, oh. I'm pretty sure that's copyright stricken and we've just been banned. wasn't 30 seconds.
2: Thanks, guys. Quite fine. Quite fine.
0: <laughs> the Data Bros is a joint project from the teams behind Comic Shop Assistant and Manage Comics. Data Bros are Django Boren, Jeff Figley, and Brian Garside. Brian Garside produces and edits the episode. And you'll find more about the Data Bros online at databrosinc.com. Subscribe, like, and review the Data Bros on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.